You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone, I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. It is in the middle of an international break, but here in the United States, this is Thanksgiving week. This is my absolute favorite holiday. Um, there's no dressing up. There's no buying people things. Uh, that they probably won't use more than a couple of times. Um, there's no kind of, you don't have to pretend to be anything that you're not or have anything that you that you don't or be happy with something that somebody gives you, even if it's um, you know not what you were hoping for. Um, but this is just about, one, having food that I absolutely enjoy, but more so about spending time with the people that are truly special, the people that you want to be around, the people that push you uh, to be a better person. Uh, and and I don't know that that is why this is so. Uh, this is why it's my favorite holiday. It's why it's so special to me. Um, we are hosting. Uh, my job today was to clean up some stuff. Instead, um, I found a big sprinkler leak, and I spent all day fixing that. But I am here. Um, and and when I talked with Becky Harris about um, her role and in, in playing for the Southampton Women's Football Club over the past several seasons, um, it just kind of gave me a reminder of you know, what is special about some of those people that we have close to us. Um, and, and the way she talks about the team, it makes it, uh, sound like, you know, the, the, they are close. They are a team, an actual team. They care about each other. They pick each other up, they push each other. Um, and all of those things I think are just uh, a couple of more reasons why this team, uh, the Southampton women's football club is so special. Um, it, it's why some of the players stay. It's why people uh, that play for the club and know the club talk so highly about it. So I won't take up any more time here though. Let's get straight to my interview with Becky Harris, who's on Twitter at Becky four H. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton delivery podcast, Becky Harris. She's on Twitter at Becky four H and she is a member of the Southampton women's football club. Becky, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. And how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. No, my, my pleasure. My pleasure. I know you're going to be going to a match today to, to watch the first team. And we'll talk about where you play for the team and, and how you play for the team, and how you came and all that stuff. But um, your day going okay so far? Are you looking forward to, to the match and feeling good for the first team? You think they're going to be, uh, what do you think the result will be? And this will be out by the time it uh, you know, the result will happen by the time it <laughs> comes out, but we'll see We'll see what your predictions are like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, score predictions. Um, I think they'll do well today. I think um, they've got a solid team across all um, positions as well. So uh, it's hard because Gosport are a lot of the 
couple of leagues below the first. Okay. So I know that they'll get the win. Um, so I'm going to go 5 0. Okay. It seems yeah. like a, a lot of times I check and halftime scores 1 0 or 1 1. And then second half scores like 7 1. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that, that got out of control quickly. Um, yeah, you need to ask what Simon says at halftime. Yeah. Clearly it works. <laughs> yeah, or it's the, uh, it's the sprints and stuff that just gets you through uh, that other, yeah, other teams maybe. don't do, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe I'll start those better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Becky, just before we get into to football and all that stuff, like where did you grow up? Are you from Southampton or are you from a different part of the country and, or a different country even? And then where, where did you, how did you wind up in, in Southampton? Um, so I'm originally from a town called Camberley, which is about an hour south of London. Um, and I sort of grew up there with uh, my two sisters and brother and obviously mom and dad. Um, but then I ended up going to Winchester University um, a couple of years ago now <laughs> um, and then sort of wanted to move down here after graduating. So I went home for a little bit and then a couple of months after going home, I then moved down here with a couple of friends from university, got a job down here and I've sort of been here ever since. And, and you like it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's, it's home now. So yeah, I don't, I can't see myself moving too far away from Southampton now. So, no, it's a good place. I like it. And where you grew up, what's the closest professional team? Or, you know, uh, yeah, what's the closest prof- uh, professional club? From, so, is it, was it going to be Crystal Palace or not? No. No, no, no. It'd be Reading. Reading, okay. So, yeah, I mean, they're not premiership, but um, Reading would be the closest. That's about a 40-minute drive. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's about, that's the closest team. That's the one that... Um, any sort of the girls that I played with when I was younger, they were to sort of be scouted by any team. That would be the team that um, that would sort of snap them up, as it were. They had a good development development side um, or development program um, when I was younger. And then also Chelsea's not too far as well. Their training grounds in Cobham, okay, which is really close to sort of where my parents live now. So um, there's a lot of footballing experience in the area. So it was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, growing up, did you support Chelsea or did you support Reading? Oh, no. or, or who, who did you, <laughs> and, and was, was football a big deal in your house when you were growing up or was it, was it just you or, or, you know, how did, how did the, the football portion of it start? Um, so I did not support Chelsea. Um, nothing wrong with supporting Chelsea, obviously, but not my team. I mean, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things wrong with supporting <laughs> Chelsea. If you ask, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my dad is a huge Arsenal fan. Um, he grew up um, around that area. Um, so he's, as long as I've known, has been an Arsenal fan. Um, so he kind of embedded that in me and my brother. Um, more my brother first, and then I caught, sort of caught on to it. Um, and then my brother decided to become a glory hunter um, at the time that Man United were doing very, very well. Um, so he has since supported Man United. In fairness to him, he's stuck with them. Um, so he's no longer a glory hunter, but at the time <laughs> it was because he wanted to support the winning team and they were winning pretty much everything. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we'll blame it on his innocence. But uh, yeah, so he transferred over to Man United and um, me and my dad have sort of stuck with Arsenal. Um, and now my uncle actually lives in Highbury and Islington. 
Okay. And um, he's got a, he's got a couple of season tickets up at high, uh, up at the Emirates, and um, he takes us every now and again. So no, it's 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 really good. It's a bit of a family affair supporting Arsenal in that sense. So no, it's really nice. Yeah, my uh, my my best friend's an Arsenal fan. Um, and I feel like good. I say that yeah, <laughs> all the time, and um, he constantly tries to tell me, you know, like yeah, Arsenal's kind of like supporting like the small team of the big six. And I'm like, shut your mouth. I don't even <laughs> want to hear this. Um, but whatever. Um, oh, no, I, I, I say we're up there in the big six. We just need to, you know, find our feet a little bit and then we'll be laughing, but it's just taken a while. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it, you, I mean, Wenger was there for so long and then now it's kind of this yeah. whole new, it's this whole new thing. And, and uh, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be, it's been a joy to watch the team play this season. This and, season. Yeah. And even, you know, maybe la- maybe not last season as much, but mm. they, I, they, I watch them probably, I, I do watch them in Liverpool and City whenever they're on because the, the football is good it's, and it's yeah. kind of enjoyable. And, and that's what I hope Southampton will play at some point in my life, but <laughs> it hasn't happened uh, <laughs> I'm sure they the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Like I, I'm, I always supported Wenger. I really liked Wenger. I think he did a lot for the club. Like he gave us that unbeatable season and you know he you can't you can't forget like what he has done for the club I think maybe he stayed a little bit longer than he should have but I I never ever had a bad word to say about him and never will have a bad word to him I think he did great like he did wonders for the club so as an Arsenal fan he's brilliant yeah um and this season like you know we're doing we're doing okay like Couple, you know, when you when you look at Chelsea and you look at Man United, when they've had new managers come in, they've done appallingly, and you know they've ended up either sacking that manager or you know sacking them halfway through the season. So for us to be on sort of stable ground at the moment, even with like a couple of draws, a couple of losses, you know, yeah, we're, do, we're doing good, we're doing good with a new manager, and a lot of us, a lot of the players are like obviously finding their feet, and a lot of you know just getting settling in, getting used to it with the new manager. So. As an Arsenal fan, this season has not gone too badly. Yeah, it'll, so far, so far. <laughs> yeah, no, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how the new yeah. structure develops, and you know, yes. it seems like a lot of teams go every three years. You get a new manager. You wonder if Arsenal yeah. will go that way. It, it, it's just it's a whole yeah. new adventure, and it'll be it'll be it'll be fine, <laughs> or it'll yeah. be a dumpster fire at some point. But I don't think so. Exactly. Think, so it's one of two ways. But at the moment, we're on stable ground, and we can we can cope with that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not too bad, and we're like you say, we're playing good football. Yeah. Now, did you did you play? It sounded like you played football from a from a pretty young age. Did it start with your um, with, with your brother, or was it you first, or did you play other sports, or how did that work? So my brother played football first. Um, he's younger than me. He's oh, how old? So he's twenty three, I think. So and I'm twenty eight. So he's a couple of years younger than me. So he played football before me, and I think from what I remember, I got jealous of him playing football, so I wanted to play football as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually started playing when I was 10, um, prior to that swimming was always like a big sport in our family. So my brother is actually, he swam for our county, um, and competed in, um, the nationals for swimming as well. So sports always been sort of, um, encouraged in our house. Um, and both my sisters, um, my youngest sister was a dancer, so she, you know, she was brilliant at that. So I've watched a few of her shows, and they were fantastic. 
and then um my other sister sort of went more more down the route of athletics and she was very good at that very fast um very good at throwing so <laughs> we're all quite sporty um but across the four of us and then when it got to sort of teenage years Michael sort of gave up the football for his, sw- his swimming was very demanding um so he gave up football for swimming whereas I stuck with football and then played a bit of tennis and still swam as well so we carried on the sport sort of into our teenage years and Laura carried on dancing so yeah so it's always been we've, we're quite a sporty family when we come down to it mum loves sports sport as well and dad's always watching something on tv so <laughs> well yeah i mean when when he was home it sounded like he had to be running you guys or and mom too running yeah, you guys much. everywhere pretty much that was we used to joke that mum was the taxi for our sporting achievements so <laughs> <laughs> those were those, those were her trophies and, and the petrol company's trophies yeah exactly yeah. exactly that when we succeeded she succeeded <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's that's crazy because i mean you know my kids play i don't know my kids just do a lot of stuff and we try to keep them busy yeah. and uh, I don't know the, the the worst thing they can do I think is to just stare at their screen and my my son is currently oh, God, yeah. 13 yeah. And, and loves his screen so um yeah I need to do a, probably a better job of parenting but that's not it's a different podcast I think um, <laughs> um so I don't know so so when you when you started playing was it was was there and, and continued to play kind of did you play all the way through university and stuff like has it been pretty constant or was there a kind of stop start in there at, at any point so I have literally been playing football since I was 10 and I have not stopped since I haven't had a season out like like touch wood my biggest injury has taken me out for three months and that was that was it so I've played pretty consistently since then. Um, at university, I was captain of our team. So, you know, done it. Had a lot of football, had a lot of time for football. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, what position do you normally uh, play or have you played? Have you switched positions kind of over, over the seasons or you've been pretty consistent at, at one, one or two spots? So when I first started, I think I played midfield somewhere I think it might have been left midfield which is weird because I'm a left I'm a right I'm right footed so I can't remember the reason why but I was left wing at some point and then um I got put in defense and was very good at heading the ball so (laughs) (laughs) so they kind of left me there in defense and I played across sort of left back center back and right back and then sort of stuck with right back for ages because I got on really well with our right winger and we had quite a good partnership on um, the right wing so I stayed stayed at right back with her as the player in front of me and then when I went to university um, I ended up playing centre back a lot because their right back was very good and then when I was captain it made more sense for me to stay in the middle than be on the side of a pitch Um, and I could see more from there so I stayed centre back pretty much the whole time I was at Winchester and then when I came out of Winchester, I went to a team called Farnham and I played right back there and I've just played right back consistently since with the odd game where I'll be moved across the back four. So for Southampton, I've played um, across the back four anywhere, really. Okay. Um, but primarily right back. Yeah. Coming out of, of university, I guess, the, how many years were, was it between the time you came out of university and the time you joined Southampton Women's? Uh, just one. So I came out of uni in 2012 
and did the 2012-2013 the, the season with Barnum and then joined the Southampton in July of 2013. Okay. All right. So it wasn't long. <laughs> no, no. And then, I mean, now you're talking five seasons. This is your sixth season, I guess? Yeah, I this know. is my sixth season. So it's now officially the longest I've played for a club. Okay. I mean, so, and it's been an interesting time uh, in, in yeah. the club's kind of history because I think at, I'm not sure where they were at that point, but I know since then they've gone to the point of oh, kind of mad. almost you know, where there was five of you training and then now <laughs> yeah, it's built back up to, to, you know, having three senior teams and, and uh, I think three youth teams. And yeah. I mean, so just, I guess, what's that, what's that been like for, for you to see that and, you know, to, I guess to be a part of it and, and kind of be a part of bringing it back, I guess. Yeah. Um, so when I joined, they'd literally just gone down from two teams to one team because they didn't have enough players. So we only had the one team and we were playing in the Southern region, um, which is where our development team are playing now. Um, and to say we lost a lot of games, there's an understatement um, in the nicest way possible. Like it's one of the seasons I look back on and it's actually, it was actually a really good season off the pitch. Um, but on the pitch, like I just, I don't know, we just weren't strong enough, I don't think. Um, but having, like, looking back and seeing where the club has come from um, in the six years that I've been here is absolutely amazing. And I remember when Fran came in, I remember, I think Amy Barnett said it on your last podcast. Like, he came in and he was like, oh, this is my vision, vision. I want to get us to the WSL. And all of us, you know, subtly laughed because we were like, really? <laughs> but actually when you look at what Fran and Simon have done for this club over the six years, it's just absolutely incredible. And Amanda, since she's come in, like she's brought in these three youth teams and they're doing brilliantly. Like the results from yesterday with our under 12s, under 16s and under 11s, it was incredible. Like our under 11s won 14-1 yesterday. Um, I know. And our under 12s won 2-0, I believe. And our under 16s won 5-1 or 5-2. Like they did, they're, they're doing brilliantly, and that's due to the hard work that Amanda has put in in the last sort of two years to get those to get those teams fully running. Right. And I just think it's it's brilliant to see the opportunities that the club is presenting to young sports girls and sportswomen. So it is it is really good to see where it was and then see what it's come to now. Yeah, I mean, and you're and when you say Amanda, you're referring to the club secretary, correct, Amanda? Burrows? Yes, that's, yeah, 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 she's brilliant. Yeah, no, she's she's been great. Every time I've ever had to 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 email the club or ask a question, she's always responded right away and been super helpful. Yeah, so it's, yeah, uh, efficiency is key. <laughs> I have, I mean, and it's important to kind of like note like the club doesn't run without somebody doing that, you no. know, without and and. No it's a lot, it's a ton of work. You, I, I know a lot of you do a lot of other things kind of off the pitch to help the club and, and do yeah. that. And, and I'm, I'm sure maybe Amanda's taken some of those things and, and off your plate maybe hopefully, but um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, Hannah Burrows, who is Amanda's daughter um, plays for us. So she's now in our senior team Okay, and she was saying that her and her brother and sister called Southampton women's football, Amanda's third, uh, fourth child. <laughs> Because she literally spends so much time on it, and it just go. I think sometimes it can go completely unnoticed because she's just she literally spends every day doing something to do with Southampton women's football. 
I, I will admit, like when I have to email her, I feel a little bit guilty. I'm like, you have so many other things to do. Why am I, why am I emailing you about this? But uh, so I try not to. I try to. I try to be upfront and and plan things, but sometimes I forget. So um, anyway, I'm sure she loves it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I, I guess uh, I skipped over some stuff when we were kind of talking. But like, what um, what do you do for a living? What do you do when you're not kind of training? Um. So my day-to-day job, I work for a company called Planet Education who have two sister companies called Elite Football and Elite Rugby. Um, So I'm employed by Planet Education and we go into schools and we work with teachers to deliver PE lessons to primary school children. So I currently work in two primary schools within Hampshire and Dorset. Um, which are counties over here, mm-hmm. and deliver PE sessions to children aged between four and um, 12. That's awesome. So, yeah, all in all, I'm a PE teacher, but sports coach. And then, obviously, when schools aren't in, we deliver our elite football courses or elite rugby courses if um, you're working that side. Um, so with Elite Football, who are my sponsor, um, we offer sort of, residential courses we offer um sort of the chance to go to overseas tournaments as well um and then we also offer sort of the day camps um which are involved with a lot of um so for example like our girls football camp for elite football at the moment is linked to rachel yankee um who is the first professional footballer or female footballer over here um, and she's come down to a few of our day courses and delivered sessions and obviously um, given speeches and sort of Q&As with players as well. So she's been really good at promoting our girls' side of things. And then on the boys' side, we have some um, some really, really experienced coaches who have worked at Arsenal and Real Madrid and AFC Bournemouth um, who come up and deliver masterclasses. So our elite football side that runs during the holidays is you know, is a fantastic opportunity for young footballers to sort of experience what it is like in the elite world of football. So it's, it's really good. Really good. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. And you know, I'm one of these really annoying people that gets to wake up in the morning and really look forward to working, <laughs> which yeah. is strange, but I, you know, I love going into schools and I love working with children and I think there's something special about delivering PE and sport and something special with sport where children who maybe don't exceed within the classroom can succeed in other areas. And it's really nice to see. So no, I I really love my job. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's super important that, and it's nice because not everybody has that where they get to do the thing that they love and and really enjoy. And, you know, uh, sometimes some people get to, you know, also get like a, a some sort of passion project where they can go out and, and get that kind of fulfillment elsewhere. But if you get to do yeah. that at work, that's fantastic. And yeah, definitely. The kids are, are going to benefit from that because it's nice when uh, there's, there's a difference when you walk into a classroom, I'm a teacher as well. So when you walk into a classroom yeah. and, and the teacher loves what they're doing uh, yeah. versus the teacher just wanting the, you know, yeah, needs one more year to retire. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, cause we work with teachers as well. So part of our, um, part of our service is to sort of upskill teachers as well and just sort of get them confident with teaching PE. And it's surprising to go in and sort of find out how many teachers haven't had that experience with PE themselves. So they don't know how to teach PE. 
and you're just like PE is the best subject to teach like because there's no marking there's no like like assessments where you've got to rate them against a number like it is you know you can go out and have a lesson and they can be having loads and loads of fun but they're still succeeding and they're still completing goals related to physical education so how any teacher can shy away from PE baffles me (laughs) yeah no it's I know here in, in, in the States or at least in California, a lot of elementary school kids only get PE like once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same over here really. And then in high school, every freshman has to take it. So every, like they cut their first year with us, they take it. Um, yeah. Every, and then if you don't pass, there's like a, a fitness test you have to pass. If you don't pass oh, that, God. then you have to yeah. take it again as a sophomore. Um, oh my God. but I was always, because I played sports, like we, we had to take it as freshmen and then you were never going to take PE again, unless it was like a a weightlifting class that you, your football coach wanted you to take. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I worked in a secondary school through plan education, um, not too long ago. Like it it wasn't a standard secondary school. It was a Plymouth Brethren secondary school, which is like an offset of Christianity. Um, I don't think I could cope with working in a secondary school, like in, in normal life or, as it were, but the Plymouth Reverend School was brilliant. But their requirement from sort of, I think it was their head teacher at the time, was they had to do the bleep test um, every half term, and they hated it. I bet. <laughs> they absolutely hated it. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um. All right. So I mean, out outside of work and outside of, of football, uh, what do you do for fun? Um. Lots of different things, really. So I don't, at the moment, currently, I don't live too far away from the New Forest, which is um, like, a, so it's our national, or it's one of our national parks. Um, and it's massive. And so I, I quite enjoy going going there for a walk, sort of at weekends. And I went there um, not too long ago with uh, Kirsty Witten, Tash Angel and Emma Pinner. And we went pumpkin carving in the New Forest, which was really fun. <laughs> Um, a bit different, but it was, it was good. Um, and then I went to, you know, I go to a few music gigs um, with Carleen, who's the reserve team captain. Um, and then sort of just going out, uh, going out for dinner, things like that. So catching up, seeing friends, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when you go out to dinner, do you have a particular type of food you and en- you enjoy more than others? What's a what's a what's a oh um. Oh, I don't know, actually. I went out for pizza yesterday. That was nice. Um, I like pizza. Burgers are always good. Uh, tapas. Do you like tapas? Yeah. Uh, so anything, really. Just like food. <laughs> yeah, I like food. Uh, food is food is great. Um, yeah. We we have pizza once a week in my house. It's probably, I shouldn't tell anybody that. It's probably ridiculous. But, um, it, it became, That's allowed. Pizza Fridays. It became, well, see, we went Tuesday. My wife works Monday, okay. Tuesday night. And yeah. Tuesday night was always a... Uh, when I was coaching my son's baseball team or my daughter's soccer team, it was always a football team, I should say. Um, I won't, I won't edit that out, but somebody, somebody will hear that and make fun of me, but it's okay. Um, there was always practice that night. And so being, yeah. uh, having homework that night and, and all that stuff, it was like, no, the, uh, the pizza place around the corner had a deal. I was like, well, I can do that. And it's $8 for, for a pizza. And I can, I can, I can do that. And it does, and it's good pizza. Um, and it's been a thing now. And then my, it probably went on for, probably two years before my wife even realized like what was happening. Um, 
and then she's like, how come, how come I never get pizza? And I was like, well, we eat pizza on Tuesdays when you're at work. I'm sorry. So, um, <laughs> it, that's a very dad thing to do. My dad used to do that. Every time mom was out, it was fish and chips from the chippy down the road. <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> during, during the summer, like it's now we've had the time changed. And so it gets dark, like at, like at five, four thirty-five. Um, yeah. Like four thirty now. So I can't, uh, I can't barbecue anymore. Um, uh, yeah. but even like it's warm enough, it's the, it's the middle of November and it's warm enough yeah. to barbecue. Like, uh, so like oh, wow. on Monday I barbecued, we were off work. I, I barbecued and it was great, but like, uh, I can't do it. It's hard to do it after work. Usually now I get home from work yeah. and it's, it's dark. So yeah, no, I do like a good barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're ever, if you ever come out to California, the, the barbecue I'll here is, <laughs> is, is different than, yeah, let me know. It's different than, uh, like the middle of the country or the, or the South where they use a lot of sauces and stuff. We, my, this area, we specialize in what's called a Santa Maria style barbecue, which is oak wood, um, usually tri-tip, which is a cut of meat that not a lot of other places use. And, uh, it, it's, it's very, it's very good. And I, I oh, grew up with it. And so when I go yeah. to places, it's like, what is this? And then and they don't even know what I'm talking about. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so it, that, that's, that's that. I don't know how we got there, but oh, well, it, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, so, so I mean, we talked about kind of how you came to the club and how long you've been at the club. Um, yeah. and, and for you, you know, you're, you're playing not in the first team, but in yeah. the reserves, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I mean, so what's that? kind of been like what's the I mean do you train with the first team and do you do you see those girls kind of go and you're going to watch them today so it's like you know what's that kind of relationship between the teams like I think um the relationship between the teams is great like I think that's 100% the reason why I've stayed so long um a lot of my good friends playing in the first team um hence why I'm going today I know no disrespect to development obviously I've got good friends that play in development as well but me and Tash Angel's um, out injured at the moment. So we're going to go down and just support the first team and sort of catch up as well because I haven't seen her much this week. So I think the relationship between the girls is across all three teams is fantastic. Um, and, it, you know, when you speak to the players, it's it's definitely one of the reasons why so many people have stuck around for so long. Um, you know, a lot of my good friends down here, I came down to Southampton, I moved in with two friends from university, but you know, my core group of friends down here is because of Southampton women's football. So, you know, personally, I have a lot to owe the club um, or owe to the club um, due to who I'm obviously friends with now. So I think across all three clubs, we do train together. So we see each other Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, but on Tuesdays, it's split. So we train reserves and development together. And then first team do their own training mm -hmm. and then on Wednesdays we split for the first hour and then we play a game against each other for the last half an hour so we do train together and the relationships across all three teams I think are brilliant so yeah yeah I mean it sounds like just one big happy family really yeah yeah <laughs> I mean it, it could go it could be really you know rough in, in terms of you know, if you set it up the wrong way as, as coaches and I was trying to figure out oh like, yeah you know it sounds like a lot of work on by Simon and the rest of the coaching staff by Simon Lee and I'm sure everybody else to to make sure that that relationship works you know yeah I well I think you know those guys they do do a lot they do put a lot of time into us but I think like the base underlying thing I think is we're, we're just a nice bunch of girls really like <laughs> <laughs> like I think like there's not anyone that 
I don't think has, you know, doesn't have time for anybody else. And I think, you know, you rock up to training and you could be a 16 year old playing in the development squad, but I think someone from the first team will more than happily say hello and have a conversation with you. And likewise across all three teams. And I think from when I first started where we had the one team, like we, in that first season that I played, we had, I don't know how many games, but we, I think we lost all of them bar one. But I think the unity we had as a team was fantastic. And I think that's just continued since I first started. And I think it was probably there before before I started as well. So when you've got players like Kirsty Bell and Amy Barnett like pushing you to do your best, I think that brings out the best in everyone. I think we are just generally a nice team. So we will make time for each other. And at the end of the day, any club goal that we have is a is shared between all of us. So... I think we are just, you know, without blowing our own trumpet, we are just a nice team of girls, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then for, for you playing in in the reserves, like, what is there a goal for the reserve team? Did the return? Did the reserve team kind of set goals for themselves in terms of? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this season, definitely. And, we have our own goals. And what what um, what was that? What are those? Some of those, I guess. So we've just been put in this league. Um, and the league we're in now is basically the development league for the first team's league. So it's the development league for anyone in the national leagues. So in our league, we have Crystal Palace Reserves, Lewis Reserves, AFC Wimbledon Development, I think, um, us, Full Town Reserves. So it's basically it's set up so that anyone that's not making the first team can then still compete at the same level. And then hopefully break into the first team okay. or for whichever club they play for. So I think our goal, because we've had a lot of changes this season in terms of players, I think we've actually only kept four or five reserve team players from last season. Okay. So we've had to bring in a load of, un- well, not the under 16s got older, as you do. Um, and they, <laughs> and they, um, became a eligible to play for our senior teams so they've come in so i think there's so many of them there must be probably about 16 under 16s that have come up to adult football then there's the five that have remained from last season and we must have had to bring in about 10 new players i think we've got overall like it's quite it's quite a lot so you know our Primary primary goal this season was just to sort of blend as a team and do well as a team. You know, Lee's obviously come in to coach us and has stepped up from assistant manager of the first to first team. Um, sorry, first manager of the reserves. So, you know, we had to make sure that we, or we have to make sure that we blend together and we work well together. Um, but obviously, we want to we want to be winning as many games as possible. We want to be competing at the top end of that league, um, and sort of at the end of the season, looking back and be like, do you know what? We did very, very well as a new team in a new league mm-hmm. under a new manager. I think that's our overall goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on a match day, obviously not today because you don't, it's not, not a match day, but what, what do you, <laughs> do you approach it the same way every day? You have a routine. It seems like I ask this question every time, but the, and it seems like all the answers to, to most of, for most of the girls are that there is a routine that it starts the night before and all this stuff. Is it the same for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I very much like my match day routine. 
Um, and I don't like it being messed up because then I'm like, no, focus. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the night before, I try and get an early night. So I'll try and sort of get ready for bed about 10 and then be in bed for 10 and 10.30 and sort of get to sleep as early as I can. And then I'll wake up at like 8, 8.30 the next day, sort of have a coffee <laughs> and like a bowl of cereal or something. And then about 11 o'clock, I used to have pasta, but then I find it really hard to eat pasta at that early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I've started just having toast <laughs> with like peanut butter and jam and stuff just to sort of get, get some form of energy. And then I'll drive to the game. And then when I get to the game, I have to have banana. Um, and then it's sort of like the same every week, really, apart from when it's an away game. Um, we had to travel to Lewis last weekend, which was a long travel. So that messed up any form of routine I had. <laughs> um, so I ended up cooking some pasta and ended up taking it with me on the coach. So and then just ate on the coach. So it's a different routine when it's an away day, but you know, away days are always fun. Yeah. Did anybody give you trouble for eating on the coach, eating pasta on the coach, or was everybody else doing the same thing? Everybody else was doing the same thing. We stopped at a service station on our way there, and people picked up the subway. So. Ah. Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. And uh, one of the other girls, Georgia, she had pasta as well. So <laughs> I was scolded um, by someone for eating on the tube, and I didn't realize I was breaking a rule. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so I was just wondering. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was that was the result of being jet lagged, um, possibly intoxicated, and then needing something. <laughs> um, and it was uh, whatever. It, it was fine. Um, I, I mean, so. After you play, after you say you play last week, uh, yeah. what do you feel like? Like, what's your body feel like after that? Whether it's the that night or the next day, are you, are you super sore? Are you kind of, do you have a routine to kind of make sure you don't feel that way? Or how, how, how do you feel after that? Um, last week, I don't know why, but I actually felt all right. <laughs> like, um, I came off the pitch and I've, I've played near enough 80 minutes. Um, and there's a lot of sort of back and forward sprints as well. But actually my legs felt okay last weekend um normally they kind of feel a bit stiff um obviously feel like I've done 90 minutes of exercise if not more so they can feel a bit tired as it were um I don't tend to do much on Sunday evenings I just kind of try to relax um watch match of the day two if it's on and then on Mondays I'll go to the gym again and I'll just um, cycle for about 20 minutes just to sort of loosen them up a little bit okay. ready for training on Tuesday and Wednesday um, and then I'll do primarily an arm session on a Monday um, just so I'm not working my legs too hard prior to the week of training um, but I, I try and do a recovery session on my legs you play the game Sunday you have training Tuesday Wednesday so yeah. if you do anything with your legs you probably do it again maybe Friday because you wouldn't want to do it too close to yeah. the game either right yeah, I do it Friday. Yeah, Tasha and Witten are my uh, gym buddies, as it were. We go to this thing called DTN on Friday, which stands for Define the Normal. And it's basically um, Carl, um, and a personal trainer, has like a group session. Okay. And we do lots of different things. So some days, Fridays can be very much like arms-based, I guess. Um, and then he'll do like compound exercises. And then it's very sort of weights based and all about form and stuff like that so i'll do that on a friday and then just hope that my legs have recovered by the sunday (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. If I was playing today, I'd be dead because on Friday we did legs and we did a heavy leg session. So I don't, I don't know if I would have coped with a game today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's worked out. It's worked out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, personal goals for yourself. What, you know, coming into a season, what were some of the personal goals that you kind of set for yourself to kind of push yourself to, to I guess, progress in, in terms of playing? Um, so at the end of last season, my personal goal was just to get fitter. Um, so I wanted to get faster was my primary goal. And then I wanted to um, get stronger as well. Um, so I did a lot of sprint work, um, a lot of speed work, changing direction quickly and all of that stuff. Um, interval in terms of sprinting as well in pre-season and then like a lot of muscle building as well um, but then coming into the season um, my personal goal was just to be the starting right back for the reserves week in week out and then obviously perform well each game um, it's had its barriers so I haven't started every game for the reserves and I've played some games in the development um, but that doesn't mean that I haven't or won't continue to work hard to still achieve that goal because I've got the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed it's still achievable. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, I mean, sometimes it seems like we only hear from people who are achieving their goals. And so it may yeah. might always feel like, Oh, like every, and then if you're not, it's like everybody is, everybody's succeeding except for me. And so, you know, it's, I think it's good that you're, you're, kind of not discouraged you're working towards it and you yeah like that's that's kind of what it's all about right yeah exactly and there's no bigger motivation than not achieving something (laughs) um and it just makes me want to work harder and work better and work stronger to sort of get to the point where I want to be and the point where I can't be ignored and I will be hopefully starting starting right back so we'll see (laughs) yeah um all right, so we have a couple of minutes left. I don't. I know we we have a, a little bit of a time limit. So um, we, we have questions from your some of your teammates, some of your clubmates, okay. and, and and other people. There are a lot, yeah. uh, so I don't know if we will get to all of them. Um, okay. <laughs> we did have a question come in from Instagram, but I think we kind of off uh, answered it already. And it, okay. was, it was in reference to why did you choose Southampton Women's FC ahead of other clubs? So I think we kind of talked about that. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. maybe indirectly, but um, <laughs> in terms of and that was from Red Zone Saint, which is actually a a, a Southampton uh, Saints men's team supporting. Oh, really? So yeah, so that that came in. That was nice. Um, mm-hmm. So good question, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, from <laughs> Christy Witten uh, yeah. asked. Um, there are three questions. And so I'll let you choose which one you want to answer. It says top advice for young players. Um, that's one question Two, Uh, if you can make a five aside from any players, male or female, who would you choose and why? Um, third question (laughs) is, do your legs still ache from Friday session? Mine do. So, um, I'll let you pick one of those to kind of, kind of pick apart and then we'll move on. Um, well, my legs definitely still ache. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So in terms of advice for young players, it's not really advice that's come from myself, but it's advice that I've heard over the last couple of years and which I try to sort of live by, as it were. But um, I mentioned earlier that my company has a sister company called Elite Rugby, Uh and we ran a course last um, summer 
um, where Eddie Jones, the England rugby manager, came down. And he, uh, he ran a session, but he also gave a speech or a Q&A um, at the end of the day. He was asked by a player um, or one of the guys that went, um, is there any advice that you would give? And what he said was that hard work um, outweighs talent when talent stops working. And for me, I've, I've never been a talented player. Like I work hard and I try and do the simple stuff. You know, I, I don't personally think that I uh, am very good in terms of taking a player on or the skills that I can do. So I try to sort of work hard and put a lot of effort in to outweigh the, you know, maybe another player that's maybe more talented in that respect than I am. Um, so I always think that if I'm working hard, then that's going to outweigh anything else that happens. So that would probably be my advice for younger players is just to always work hard and don't take anything for granted because, you know, for all we know, I could get injured on Tuesday and that's me out for the season. So I, I, I don't think anything should ever be taken for granted in football and in life. So, yeah, that would be sort of the advice that I would go by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, people could definitely relate. Some people can go out and do you know, they just put a ball at their feet and they can immediately do, you know, 5,000 step overs and, and yeah, exactly. you know, nutmeg no you and all this other stuff. <laughs> um, I just run a lot, you know, and, yeah, and exactly I make that. sure I, I try, I, I can, I, I think yeah. mentally, you know, you have to understand the game and then be able to work and do all yeah. the physical stuff. And then if you can do that, then I think people will notice that. And whether, yeah, definitely, whether it means you play every week or it means that everybody just respects you for, for doing that. I think that's, I yeah, think that's important. Exactly. So. And I think, I think the things that I know I can do, if I do them to the best of my ability, then that, if anything, is going to be more noticeable than if I'm trying to take on players and failing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Tash, who you're going to see in you know, five minutes, um, yeah. says, if you could play on the pitch with any lioness, who would it be and why? Um, oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I would say Lucy Bronze because I think she's a cracking player. But if Lucy Bronze was on the pitch, I wouldn't be on the pitch because she's right back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really like Millie Bright, who's the centre-back for England at the moment and a Chelsea player. I really, really like her. I think she's strong. Um, she commands, like, um, commands the defence and she stops any striker getting through. So it would be really nice to sort of play against or play, not, not play against, but play next to her. So yeah, I'd probably go Millie Bright. Okay. All right. Annie Rowans, who is at coach Zen asked some questions in terms of advice and stuff that we've gotten over yeah. uh, or gone over. And then he also says, uh, who has done the best and worst initiation song over the years? <laughs> um, so we bought this in last year. And only one person has done it. So Rebecca Cork, who deserves a massive shout out for doing it, um, sang Spice Girls, um, If You Want to Be My Lover. Oh, wow. Um, and it was brilliant. There's a video somewhere. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. And she had us all laughing before the game. And I think, I think that actually like, got us in the mood to play the game. We ended up winning that game, which is fantastic. Um, we did do it when I was at Winchester University. Um, we used to go on these tours, which was basically going abroad to play football and 
uh, maybe have a drink or two. Roughly. Um, <laughs> obviously. Um, so we went to Spain one year and I remember my friend Hayley Sturgis on the coach there. <laughs> she decided to sing, I think it was Down by Jason Derulo, maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember who sang the song, but that was probably the worst initiation song I've heard. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and Hayley will hands up say that she's amazing at karaoke, but do not believe anything she says. <laughs> all right. All right. We, I don't know. Uh, karaoke is, is a horrible, horrible thing. It should never, it shouldn't be a thing, but uh, it always <laughs> sounds like a good idea. And then it's, it's not. Um, I can't personally say I've ever done karaoke. Um, and if I have, it was like sing star when I was 10. Yeah. So, um, I can't say I was stand up, stood up and did it, but Haley was always great at getting everyone, uh, getting everyone pumped for a night out because of her singing. So, <laughs> she actually sent in a question on on Facebook. And, <laughs> oh God! And she says, "Well, she says, who's the best footballer you've ever played with?" And not it's, said. <laughs> it's, it's it's several emojis there, um, including uh, the laughing, crying one. So, um, yeah, I feel like she might be fishing for a compliment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to say everyone, but not Sturge. <laughs> oh, that's what friends are for. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and she'll probably when I see her, but. <laughs> um, Amy Barnett sent in one yeah. and she says, first, thank you for staying with the club when it was going through hard times. Um, <laughs> and then she asked kind of what's your highlight since being at the club and then what's kept you at the club? kind of all of the all, all of those years um oh so my highlight um that's a good one it's hard because i feel like there have been, been a lot of highlights um obviously there was a season um not too long ago where we went unbeaten for the league in the reserves team and we won the league and we won 18 games out of 18 which as a team was fantastic and that's obviously a massive highlight um, but for me, for me personally, I lost a lot of confidence that season. So although it's a highlight, it's sort of outweighed, it's um, not outweighed, but sort of dampened by my own personal experience that season. Okay. Um, so although it's a very much a team highlight and I look back and I'm, I'm so glad to have been a part of that team, it's almost dampened a little bit. But I think last year, um, the reserves won the SDFA Cup. That for me, I think, was a real big highlight. We'd had a bit of a rocky season. Um, we started off, we won the first, I think, two or three games maybe. And then we had we went on a real downer and we lost quite a lot of games back to back. We lost a lot of players um, that just weren't liking football anymore. Okay. Um, I don't think they could not cope with the pressure, but they found the pressure quite hard to deal with and to manage as well. Um, and then in January, um, Lee ended up, taking over um and you know the first few games were tough we were still trying to get the numbers to field the side of 11 but we were slowly building and you could see that in the games that we played and the belief that lee had in us as well and you know one thing lee has always been very good at is motivating players um and you know you could see that in the first team um when he's been assistant manager he's very good at sort of getting players ready for games and rolled up. And I think he did that for us um, at the end of last season to the point that we then had a really good cup run. We played a semi-final 
um, against the Hampshire police. And that went to extra time. But it was such a good game of football. Um, and everyone came off that pitch absolutely buzzing. You know, the players scored some absolute worldies. Like, it was just a really good game. Yeah. And then the highlight, I think the final we played, I can't, I can't remember we played it, but for me, I had, my, my parents came down to watch. I had some good friends in the crowd. Like, it was a really good atmosphere. We ended up playing Sholing at Sholing's ground, which in a cup game isn't technically allowed, as it were. So there were a lot of Sholing fans there who were very loud, but... We went in at half time. We were one nil up um, through a great goal from Paris, and um, we kind of said at half time, "Like, why are we not smashing this game? Like, we should be absolutely thrashing them." Yeah. And that second half, we came out and I think we absolutely bossed it. Like, we were brilliant. And I think at the end of that game, winning that game, it just felt so good, and it felt like it had been such a build up that season, and it had been like every low that we had as a team it was then outweighed by this massive high of winning winning that cup yeah and you know it was it was brilliant it was such a good thing to be a part of and um emma bottomley who was who's unfortunately left the club now but she it was like her 300 and something appearance and she'd been at the club since she was 16 she sort of captained us for the last sort of 10 15 minutes and seeing her lift the cup at the end for someone who's given so much to the club like it was really it was it was a really good and positive thing to be a part of so for me i think that that's definitely one of the highlights that are up there yeah uh, but in terms of why i've stayed at the club i think that comes down to the players i don't think i don't think i would have stayed had it not been for the likes of players like amy barnett and kirsty bell who have been around and tash witten emma pinner like carleen um and like loads of players that have left as well like i don't think had it been for players like that, that I would have stuck around. Like, I think, you know, when I say that we're a nice team, like we do generally genuinely care for each other. And we, you know, there's nothing greater than playing next to someone that, you know, truly believes in you and will truly like boost you up when you need it and make you focus on the positives. And I think there are a lot of players in this squad across all three teams that will do that. And I think, a lot of people have stayed because of the people that are here. And I think that's credit to the club. And I think that's credit to the girls themselves and the 16s that have come up, like they have so much potential as well. And with, you know, with their ability, this club will only grow because they're fantastic players themselves. So I think the players that we have are just brilliant personally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of team love. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the listeners will, will agree in that a lot of people might say that, but it actually sounds like it's the truth. You know, it, yeah. it, it doesn't sound like you're just saying that so that nobody two foots you during practice, which is good. Um, <laughs> I know they wouldn't do that anyway, but you well, never know. you guys actually like each other or, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I just think it's nice to be surrounded by a bunch of girls that will truly, truly boost and believe in you. Mm-hmm. And they'll support you in anything really. And I think it's, it's so good to hear. And, you know, there is like almost like a positive energy that comes from each player. So, and each player brings something different. That's the nice thing. We're not all the same people. Like we all bring something different. And, you know, that's why I think we're such a, you know, we're such a good bunch of girls, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, Becky, I just want to say thank you for your time uh, and, okay. and talking to me. It's been it's been wonderful. And you were easy to set this up with and easy to work on. I know <laughs> I had to make some schedule changes, so I appreciate that. That's fine. It almost worked in our favor not having the game today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't realize you didn't have a game yet until, until you mentioned that. So I, I, I was. <laughs> no, I, too far. I didn't find out for Friday. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. I was. I'm always worried about throwing off the match day routine. I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy. Um, no, no. And then let's see. We mentioned your sponsor is Elite Football, uh, and yeah. it's, and they are on Twitter at Elite Football DC, and the link to that is in the show notes. So if people want to check that out. Um, but yeah. you have a, have a match to attend and get to enjoy and kind I of do. relax. <laughs> Cheer uh, on the team. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay. sure there will be plenty of them and I will be yeah. kind, of, kind of following along on, on Twitter as, as my normal, uh, my normal thing goes. So, um, I, once again, thank you. And, uh, I just yes, appreciate your you. time. Oh no, it's Brilliant. my pleasure. <laughs> um, but we will, we'll, we'll talk to you next time and I appreciate it. And, uh, thank you. Oh, brilliant. Thanks very much. And that does it for episode 97 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Becky Harris. She's at Becky4H. She is sponsored by Elite Football, which you can find on Twitter at EliteFootballDC. And the links are in the show notes to give them a follow check out what they have to offer and on that note everyone who plays for the Southampton Women's Football Club works off of sponsorships the the club survives off of those sponsorships I am a sponsor uh, of the club if you feel like you can give and donate or uh, become a player sponsor or a coach sponsor or just a club sponsor uh, please reach out all of the links are in the show notes and uh, like Becky said um, Amanda is a wonderful person to work with in the club uh, as you can hear is a, a wonderful thing to be a part of so uh, I couldn't be happier to do that um, if not uh, simply go out and support them when they play the girls uh, and everybody will appreciate it so uh, thank you so much to the South Hampton Women's Football Club for allowing me access to uh, the players and the staff and everything else it's been a wonderful experience and I look forward uh, to next time my partner for this show is the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, for all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to follow the Southampton page. Uh, links are in the show notes if you want to do that. The logo for the show is designed by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Um, one of the things I could ask, uh, I, I will ask for you, is if you haven't done so already and you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe so you get future episodes. You can do that wherever you listen, from iTunes to Google Podcasts to wherever. Um, but most of all, uh, simply thank you for listening. Uh, it means a lot, and uh, it's one of the things I'm thankful for right now and uh until next time remember together we march on